Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is a broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have a treat. Otto Mitter of Ellie Bana is going to, is on our podcast. Not going to be. He is on our podcast, and we're super excited to have him join us. Otto is really a mover and shaker industry. He has been at, like, every conference. He speaks all around the world, and he has a lot of great articles that have really helped lift up our industry. Really a great educator and a real advocate for the Lash industry, and we're excited that he took some time out of his busy schedule to come and hang out with us here on our podcast. And today what we're going to do is we're going to sit down and talk a little bit about his background, how he got into the industry, and then get to the real meat, which is talking about lash lifts. I think really Alibana is one of the things they're known for a lot, but one of the things they're really known for is our lash lifts and that we can't wait to sit down with him and just pick his brain about lash lifts and all the different things that you might be thinking about lash lifts, especially if you don't carry it as a service. Hopefully after you hear him, you will reconsider and get the training and get going with lash lifts. It's great to have more than one service in your business. And then afterwards, when we're all done with that. We're going to do the thing that I'm most excited about. And we're going to talk about his rock band Bowser. Yes, he is a rock star in Australia, guys. Their band is up for a special award in Australia, the Gold Coast Music Awards. And basically, you can go look him up. Look up Bowser. Look up the song Supersonic on YouTube, and you can watch it. It's really good, guys. At least for my music taste, I really liked it. And we're going to sit down and for a little bit at the end talk about his music career, which I think this is really exciting. He might be the first rock star in our industry, and it's definitely our first rock star interview. So I know you'll get a lot from it. It's really, really cool to sit down and pick his brain on that. All right, guys, before we get into all the interviews, Views, let's talk about some announcements, which of course, guess what? The Lashies guys, we're going to talk about Lashies because we really want you to sign up. We want you to apply because I think a lot of you who don't think you could win could win. And why is that? Well, we're not going to just have one winner. We have five categories, two divisions for both solo artists as well as salon owners. And if you, you know, we're going to have multiple winners in every category that we have. And why are we doing that? Well, because we don't really think there's one person in the world that does best customer service. We're going to set the gold standard at a certain height. And then if anyone seems to meet that, beat that in their essays and their questions and all that they answer, then I think you should win. So we might win. We might give away three, four, five trophies for a category because those people all show excellence in customer service or maybe you use the uh, technology really well in your business and you show that and you show how well you use that technology and so we may give three or four trophies away for that there's a good chance guys that a lot of people could qualify who don't think they normally would now we're not going to give it out to anyone you have to earn it it's all merit-based it's not popular contest or people who know me we have a lot of judges who will be reading all these essays rating them and then sending them to me and then we will see the top scoring ones and we will decide based upon how high they score which ones get selected so really anyone can win if you've been in lashes for at least a year or so and you do good work and you really focus on good customer service and good business practices you have a shot so go today it's the links in the show notes or on instagram and sign up and fill that out you'll need an hour or two guys it's not something you do in two minutes, but you can fill out the applications, answer the questions, and hopefully we will see you at the Lashies, which will be at LashCon on November 7th. That's Sunday night. We'll be giving out the prizes and the awards there. By the way, if you can't come to LashCon, that's okay. You can still win, and we will send you your certificate and trophy in the mail. And what else do we have going on? We have our well, have the LashCon guys. Ticket sales are going on. We delayed our ticket price increase for a while because of the way things have been going with the COVID. We want to just wait 
wait and pause, but things are getting better. So we're moving forward with LashCon. So go buy your tickets today. The day one ticket, which is the four-day pass, gives you everything VIP. That one is definitely running low, so do not delay. And then also we have Tustin slash Retention and Styling Course. That's going to be in Vegas just really soon, right around the corner, September 18th through the 19th. When I'm recording this, I'm not sure we still have tickets available, but hopefully we do. If you go online, you'll see if we do. If not, you can see us in October in Austin. We're going to be at Shelby's place at um, Lady Lash or Lash Boss Radio. We're going to be in her place in Austin, and you can get your tickets in show notes or go to our Instagram and click on the link in there. All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you. Thank you so much for waiting to get to this next moment, which is we're really excited about where we sit down with Otto and talk about all things lash lifts. Hey guys, we are here live in the LashCast studios. As always, excited to be coming to you guys today. And today I'm with Tusney. Welcome to the show. Hey guys. Good to see you. And we are excited, really, really excited to have Otto Mitter onto our show from Alibana. Welcome to LashCast. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. It is a huge honor for me. I have been circling around you guys for a few years and finally we get to cross paths yes. and have a chat. You know, have a chat about what we've been up to, and I'm very excited to be on, so thank you. It's a true honor. I mean, you've kind of been on our radar for years, just buzzing. We've seen you on the cover of things and speaking at lots of different conventions. And conferences, and really one of the big influences and innovators in our industry Alibana, I know, has really been on the forefront of stuff. So it's kind of exciting that we're going to get to talk about a little bit about Alibana. And then really, I know Tusk can't wait to talk about is lash lifts, because I know that's kind of like you guys have, I think, have become the, like the gold standard industry for that. And then also we'll talk about something I can't wait to talk about, and that's Bowser. Not Bowser from Mario, but Bowser the band that Otto's in I just learned about. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, if I can maybe I get the rights, we can play he's, some music in he's, here. He's fanboy. <laughs> yeah, he's a fanboy. Yeah, or, I'm a fanboy, or, yeah. Or, or, yeah. The, we'll do the get start that. of a bromance, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, that's, it's such a pleasure, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm sure we're going to really enjoy this conversation. It'll be great to share the journey and what I've been up to. Yeah, so let's get started first, going more into a little bit about you, so people who maybe aren't familiar Maybe they've heard the brand name, but they didn't know the name behind the brand name and kind of your background. And I always find I have an affinity for other guys in the beauty industry because there's so few of us, I feel. So I'm like, yes, Otto is one of the guys. He's one of the last <laughs> yeah. bros. So if maybe you share about how you got into the beauty industry and maybe a little bit of background about Elibana and all this, you know, literally it's a pretty big country, our company. You're in 60 countries now and all that. Yes. Look, it has been an incredible journey. I started off in the industry now. I'm a bit of a dinosaur in the industry. I've been in the industry for about 20 years now. Started straight out of high school and went and learned makeup at my mother's beauty college. So I was heavily influenced by my mother in the beauty industry. She had this big beauty school, trained thousands of beauty students. And when I left high school, I was at a bit of a crossroad you know what do I want to do with my life and I was always artistic you know I've been a musician I did makeup at mum's school so always had that creative outlet so yeah studied at the school did uh cert for in photographic makeup and special effects makeup I wanted to do special makeup for film so I did a few gigs and a few things and then um from there I really just took on a passion in the industry, focusing on lashes and brows. I did modules of the uh, beauty diploma 
And then I went and studied cosmetic chemistry as well. I'm a personal care formulator and, oh. uh, you know, a certified trainer and assessor and uh, really a brand developer. So I really just started, you know, having a passion for working with lash and brow products. And my parents were also involved in the company many years ago because of their tie from the school. And uh, my mother actually came up with the name Alibana, which is the meaning of peace, tranquility, and beauty in Australian Indigenous culture. Oh, get out. Wait, really? I didn't know that. That's really interesting. That's what the name means. It's a bit of a spin off that. And we wanted a, an Australian name. And uh, that kind of represents our culture and our heritage and our, you know, grassroots from the country. And it started off as a skincare brand mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. So we had a lot of natural skincare products and it was doing really quite well. But my mother was very busy in her school and I um, bought into the company, uh, you know, a few years ago now <laughs> and started <laughs> working into that and really just, you know, focusing on the lash and brow area. We were doing uh, predominantly lash and brow tinting products. Mm -hmm. We sort of started off with that, and then we started off with eyelash perming products. And we were literally doing this, I think it's about 20 years ago, eyelash perming. That's how long it's been around for. And eyelash extensions has been around for probably about 20 years now as well. If I go back to the real beginnings of it, when uh, we were involved in that as well in Australia, we were one of the first brands to bring eyelash extensions to Australia. And this is back when you know, we were all just learning off, uh, you know, DVDs and people yes. over the phone. Like, this was before the internet had really even exploded, before social media, right back in the beginning. So anyway, we were doing a lot with eyelash perming and we always knew it was a good treatment. And, uh, you know, it just kind of ticked along. But, you know, we worked predominantly in Australia for many years, built a really great distribution network here in Australia. But about 10, 12 years ago now, I just decided I'd really like to start branching out overseas more. I'd like to try and export. Now, we make a lot of our products here in Australia with Alibama. A lot of it is made. We have a, a factory here where we do production and I formulate products and we use various facilities here for filling. So we do a lot of things here, but with that, it's quite expensive, you know, to produce to the products here. Yeah. The shipping, also the labor to produce the products. So that was always a little bit of a challenge to see if we could get this product in the hands of consumers or, you know, professionals overseas. And slowly we, you know, started working with a few people overseas. I made some connections with people in the UK um, in Russia, of all places. We sort of started off in Europe and we had them, uh, funnily enough, I flew the girls out to come here and teach me and one of their products that they, it was a, an eyebrow product and we were interested in working with that. And when they came here, they saw that we were doing Lash Lift and, and they tried it and they said, you know what, this product's really good. Can we work with this in the UK? And I said, well, I've kind of got somebody in the UK already that we're starting to work with, but we'll see how it goes. And uh, in the end, it, it didn't work out with that person, but it worked out with these new people that I started working with. But that is going back eight, maybe nine years ago now. And we started from Hubble Beginnings there. Lash lifting was already known in Europe. There was a couple of brands that were making their way with that service over there. 
But, you know, Alibaba, it's a, it's a great product. And that's what has been a huge reason for our success, I think, is the product works really well. So people try it, uh, technicians use it, and clients enjoy the results, and they come back and have it again. Yeah. And you don't have a product that can do this. It's got to have the longevity. It's got to work in the market. If you can't have a product that does that, then it's very difficult to just go to that next stage, right? I was going to say that I think the big thing is a lot of people just think it's all about marketing. Oh, you should be a good marketer. And I realize, you know, as we've been around this industry long enough, marketing is a big part of it. But man, if you don't have a good product to start with, you can only market crap for so long before people just yes. get tired of it and the word gets around. And one of the things I do know about your company is I've heard your company thrown around for at least eight, nine years now here in the States where our staff will even come to us go, oh, we got to try Alibana because I've heard a lot of good things from other people. So the word of mouth really has been very high for your company. So I think you're right about the product. Obviously, you're a little biased, I'm sure, but at the same time, you back it up with real with real results because I've only heard, I've never heard anyone tell me, oh, no, Alibana passed on that. They're not one to work with. So you, you guys have done a good job of really bringing good value. Yeah, thank you so much. That is, you know, a huge part of it, having a great product. But then we also have worked with some really key people, some great people along the way. Uh, we've learned a lot along the way too. You know, some relationships work, some don't. But we certainly have a lot of integrity with our brand and a lot of the people that work with us. And we really care about education. Very passionate about that. And that's a, a core part of this product offering is, is making sure that our education really represents well and that our students are happy and that they can go out and have that continued support. So we really invest a lot in education and investing in all our resources to make sure that we have a great support network yeah. for everybody that does work with us. And I think we're starting to be quite well known for that aspect as well. So if you go into Facebook forums, you'll see quite a lot of people getting support from our network of educators or distributors. Everyone's very passionate about helping people on the journey. And that has been a, a big part of how any brand grows is making sure that you do have the right people on board that have integrity. And it's not always an easy choice. Sometimes it doesn't work out mm -hmm. with some relationships. You might not have that reciprocation there or people that understand what you're trying to do, but you have to be strong and you have to move forward and you have to make sure you get that part right. Well, I want to jump in real quick there because I think this is interesting because something that I know we have a lot of people that listen to us who have small brands like are trying to build up their business and they probably have dreams of networking or building their brand outside of their, just their little small community right now. But that's not an easy thing to do. And you've obviously you've successfully done that for you. What was the stuff that you were looking for when you're looking for partners? Because here you're in Australia. It's not like you're connected to people all around the world yet. You probably had to start out somewhere. How did you go about making those connections? And then what were you looking for in the right connections? Because it sounds like you, you had to say no to some people. Yeah, exactly. I, I did. I, I guess it really started building globally when I started traveling a lot more overseas. Okay. Of course, being over here in Australia, we are quite isolated mm -hmm. over here. Mm -hmm. It's not too far on a plane, you know, 24 hours or so. Oh, <laughs> it's long for some people. That's yeah. And I started traveling, doing a lot of events in Europe, mm -hmm. a lot of LASH conferences there. And I was quite lucky. Uh, people such as Jill... Heiliger's uh, Peliquin. Mm -hmm. Her name's so hard to say sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the hyphenation, yeah. The dear friend. And uh, Loretta, mm -hmm. uh, Brand, 
who else? Uh, Louis, Louis, I think over at uh, Lash Inc. Or... Yeah, Louis Tierney. Um, you know, all of those old school crew, I, I like to call them, they really pioneered the way in the Lash industry doing conferences and events. And they took me under their wing quite a bit. I remember having a chat with Loretta and she was doing UK Lash Summit at the time. And I was just talking to her and said, you know, if you want me to come and speak at your event, I'd be very happy to do that. And she said, look, I don't have any room for speakers at the moment. Uh, we're actually all full. But if you'd like to sponsor our event, why don't you do that? And we can just see what happens next year. And I said, you know what? Yep, let's do that. I'll sponsor the event. And I'm also going to come over there just to be there. Surprise. I've had out yeah. in the UK there as well. So I thought I would just come and support the event. On my way over on the plane, I got to Dubai Airport and then I got an email from Loretta saying, one of my speakers has pulled out. They're from Russia and they can't get their visa approved. Are you able to put something together and speak at my event? And I said, of course I can. Literally on the plane from Dubai to London on the six-hour flight, I put together a whole presentation. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, and got there and jumped on stage and really started talking about lash lifting and lash and brow tinting. And at that stage, going back, I don't know, what about six, seven, eight years ago, there was not many guys in the industry talking about this sort of thing, let alone women talking about lash lifting at eyelash extensions events. And from that moment forward, everything just exploded. Literally did. I had every single person come to me after that presentation say, Otto, loved what you had to speak about there. I'm really interested in lash lifting and incorporating this into my menu. I want to expand my services. You know, this looks great. Tell me more about it. Do you need a distributor? You know, everything just started going from there. And then I literally just kept touring around. I was in Moscow, lots of different places throughout Europe. Then I started traveling to the USA. Then I, I was already selling products into the USA to uh, Stephanie Altieri. Mm -hmm. I think you might, mm -hmm. might know her. Yeah. She, she was original lash people as well and I have a lot of respect for her we still work with her she's one of our educators and uh, you know so we started doing some business with her and then I expanded on the education team in the USA and uh, you know so we started growing the education more there and now we have a warehouse there in Chicago which oh, is we have a whole staff, a, a, an amazing team on the ground there. But, you know, we really started building in the USA. And, um, of course, we were already established in other places around the world. And I think it just started growing. People started understanding what the product was about, uh, the, the great value that you can have in it if you incorporate it in your services, the results you can get. And, uh, you know, it was a great team of people to work with, with Ali Barner as well. So we've had a lot of things happen in the mix. And I think that's what you need when you are growing a brand. It is relentless as far as working. I'm up at five every single morning doing emails on the weekends as well. You literally just have to throw your phone away, basically, if you want to stop, you know, and have a break. So you're not just working two hours a day right now and then sleeping on cocktails in the <laughs> afternoon, just chilling? Siesta. <laughs> no, certainly not. Not, not yet. Think, Even at your level, you're still having the hustle, right? I mean, yeah. it's like the game never ends. It's, yeah. This is a long-term plan. I mean, you guys can't just say, because I think a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to need to get to this point. And then, then I'll be I able to relax. rest and then I'll stop working hard. And every CEO I know that runs a company that we've all heard, all of them, they all say, I work just as hard now as I did 10 years ago when we first started. But the right? stakes are higher. But, yeah, and there's more of that stake. 
it's so important and it's such a fast-moving industry. Even though you think things are being recycled or, you know, it's lashes, what more can you do with lashes? It still needs work. You still need to reinvent the wheel a little bit, get creative, push the boundaries. And we are seeing brands and people still develop new techniques, develop new products. It's still got so far to go. Uh, which is very exciting, um, you know, and keeps us all moving yeah. and keeps me excited as well because I want to work on new things. I want to be remembered for being innovative in the industry, being, you know, a beacon of support, yeah. helping people and, uh, you know, helping people with their careers as well. I mean, that's one thing that's been so rewarding with Ali Palmer is we literally have distributors, salons, so many people just using Alibana products and they are living entirely off that. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, doing incredibly well, you know, and it's, it's a huge, it's just, I'm so grateful to be able to see that. That's what I want to talk to you about is not necessarily getting more people on the products, but I want people to have the benefit of, you know, having another uh, source of income, um, another item to offer on their menu. Yeah, because a lot of our lash, our people who listen to us right now, they just do lashes. I mean, which is great. It's a great service. But there is more opportunities for them to make money and, and broaden their range of services. I think having, I mean, you don't want to be so broad that you do, I mean, I've seen some people who are like, I do hair, I do nails, I do lashes, I do, do tanning. tanning, I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. But I think, <laughs> you know, lash lifts, it's such a perfect marriage to lash extensions and it's something yes. that just really easily adds on. So yeah. I, I know we really want to get I into totally that. I totally want to pick your brain. I want our listeners really do their homework and they want to know the whys to how they should do something. There's a lot of things that if we've never done it before that we're afraid of, like the things that we don't know. So I was hoping that you could share with our audience, like basically what it takes to add that menu item on there and what what are the things that we need to look out for so can you start out by telling us who is this service ideal for like for that's a really good question and you do have an ideal type of client for the service and you also need to be the ideal type of technician to offer this service as Mm -hmm. well a lot of lash extensions technicians that are very um, knowledgeable and that have mastered the art of lashes uh, Some of them might look at lash lifting. Well, I think it's changing now, but back in the beginning, there was many of them that weren't really interested in lash lifting because they felt a bit inferior Mm. compared to the art of lashes because let's face it, I've done lashes for years as well. I don't do it much anymore, but I was a lash extensions educator. I've trained with Loretta and Hillary Mm -hmm. and Agnieszka and so many people over the years. I've done all the classes and uh, I've done many sets of lashes over the years. But um, I know what it takes to do a set of lashes. It is, uh, you know, precision and a lot of dedication to mastering the art, especially with volume. And with lash lifting, yes, it is faster. It is a service that you can sort of incorporate into a menu because you can be doing the whole service within sometimes 30 minutes to an hour, depending on the parameters, whether you're tinting after it or not. You know, a lot of people, I think, now are looking at lash lifting because it's just grown so much in popularity. And they're now thinking, okay, this is something that could be viable. It is something that I should look at in my treatment menu if I'm not offering it. Because if I'm a lash artist, if I'm a lash specialist, I'm going to know everything about lashes. I'm going to incorporate that if they've got time to do it. So if we look at the technician side of things and whether they're a suitable candidate to do it, 
as far as that's concerned, you do need to really master the technique of lash lift and master the art of client consultation as well. Because lash lifting is, uh, how do I say this <laughs> in a way that's understandable? It's not as easy as you think because you're dealing with hair texture and you're dealing with chemicals such as thioglycolates, uh, well, perming agents mm -hmm. that we use. And you're using that on hair texture. Now, that will respond differently on various people. Mm -hmm. So we have a lotion and we say, okay, the average time to use this on medium strength lashes will be around six, seven minutes for step one. But that will be different for somebody else that has thin hair texture. Mm -hmm. So you might only leave that lotion for four or five minutes on somebody with thin hair texture. Somebody with thick hair texture, you're going to leave that same formulation on for up to 10 minutes. This varies between different brands mm -hmm. and formulations, but this is one of the hardest challenges to navigate when you're a technician. And I spent a lot of time mentoring people about this topic in forums and in classes. It's being able to read hair texture, but sometimes it's difficult to do that because you might have a client that walks in the door that has thin looking lashes, mm -hmm. but they might still be a little resistant mm -hmm. to the perming agent. Mm -hmm. And how do you navigate that? Mm -hmm. How do you as a lash artist really understand how to get around this? And one of the best ways is actually having a great consultation plan with your client and making sure that they understand the parameters of lash lift and how we are all individuals and Nine times out of 10, you're going to get a great result straight away. But there is that 10% that we may need to make an adjustment. So we always book our clients in for that first session. And then we have a recommended time that we use for the processing. And like I said, nine times out of 10, that can work well. But if it doesn't get the result we want, say the lashes aren't lifted enough, maybe the lashes are over curled a little bit more then we would need to make an adjustment. And that is the good thing about lash lifting. You can make an adjustment, but that means you've got to extend your treatment time to make that adjustment in that rare scenario. So that is quite a difficult thing for some people to get their heads around. Because right. as a technician, you don't really want to be um, blowing out your appointment yeah. time. Yeah. You know, you've got to manage your salon for the day and you really want to make sure that you've got the income streaming you know, nice and smoothly and that your clients are happy and that everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the biggest challenges that you have to navigate as a technician. But if you can, I'd tell students, leave a little bit more time in the first initial appointment. And that usually gives you some time to make an adjustment. And then when the model or client comes back in for the second treatment, you have a better idea of the times and the hair texture. And you should be able to navigate that a little faster on the second treatment. I think that's a great point. And I was going to say, because I've never heard that before, where your first time you come in and say, you know what, you're just going to do a longer appointment to make up, because I guess you're right. It's a little different than lashes. I think there's a little bit more, it sounds like a learning curve, right? Well, it's not like paint by numbers, meaning that you put with this color where the number one is and this color where the number two is. There's basics on like the lotions and the order that they go, but the variety is, is there's so many different variables with the kind of hair and the porosity and the resistance and that kind of thing. So my question though, Otto, is Elibana, do they put an emphasis on that kind of training so, I mean, a lot of it, you, I know that you have to learn just by experience, but is there a feature with your education that addresses that need? 
Absolutely. In our education, we talk about hair texture and when we're working with the students, we do analyse the lashes that we're working on in the classroom environment. So we do our very best to look at that. Now, again, the odds are in your favour when you're looking at thick looking lashes, thick, long looking lashes generally do need more time in the processing. You can look at fine lashes that are quite sparse as well, which aren't always the best candidates for a lash lift, but you can still lift those lashes. Generally speaking, they do require less time. So you do get to get a bit of a visual on that. But as I said before, I have had clients or models come in where they have thin looking lashes and they have been a little bit more resistant. So that's just a challenge that sometimes you're going to have to navigate. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of the, the tricky things about lash lift. And I think some technicians out there, that scares them. And they think, oh, I really don't know if I, I want to take a risk by having a product that could be hard to read sometimes. It's not very often it happens, though. But it is a reality of it. And it's something that I'm very big on discussing with people so that they just have a good understanding of it. And if we go now to the client's, expectations or working out when a client is going to be suitable to have lash lift. You need to ensure that you do have a client that has good lashes that will suit a lash lift treatment to start with. Somebody that has very sparse, short lashes, um, you're not going to see that result. Yeah. You're not going to get that wow factor that you see on Instagram with a lot of the lash lifts that can be shared. We do share photos of short lashes medium lashes and long lashes. I always tell our technicians, build your portfolio so you can show your clients what it looks like if you've got short lashes, medium length lashes and long lashes. Because meeting clients' expectations is probably what we're talking about here. That's the challenge sometimes. And we can achieve this quite well if we have a great consultation with the client and they're on board with knowing that, yeah, from time to time there could be a change in the hair texture because our hair texture changes all the time from diet or maybe your genetics. And your hair texture might be different in two or three months' time than what it is now. And that could be because you're having more proteins in your diet. You, you've got more volume in your lashes because you're not going through a shedding phase. You know, there's a few different things that come into play when we're talking about a client being suitable for this as well. So here's a question, uh, a bold question. Are you trying to get some of that information on the phone so that you can schedule accordingly? Or is it that you just say a new client, they're going to get... Let's say, how, what kind of times do you schedule? Yeah, an hour and a half? I mean, yeah. like, what, how long is the consult? And yeah. how long would the first appointment be? Would you, you generally say? Yeah, generally, it will depend on the system that you're using because some systems are a bit slow with their processing time. So obviously, that means you need to leave longer in the appointment. Well, we'll assume it's it's Elibana because that's what everyone's buying now, right? No. Yeah, well, <laughs> we we have two systems oh, you as do? well. Oh, okay. Generally, it's about an hour to perform the whole treatment. But if you left an extra 15 minutes on that, that's enough time for you to sit down with your client at the beginning have a look at their lashes, look at the hair texture, discuss their diet, discuss their needs. You go through your consult form with them, ensure they're suitable to have the service. 
And then you can go about doing the service in the usual steps. So an hour and 15 should be plenty of time for you to achieve everything you need to. And also leave you a little bit of time at the end if you needed to do a slight adjustment. There's some tricks that you can do as well at the end. If the lift doesn't lift quite as much as you want, generally it will lift. Uh, it just might be maybe a little more relaxed than um, you're expecting. And that might be due to technique, lotion placement, lash placement on the silicon shields uh, and the time that it was left on, you can use a little bit of Elevate Mascara, for example, mm -hmm. uh, at the end, which will kick the lashes up nicely as well. So when the client does leave, at least their lashes are still looking really quite magical and, and beautiful. So there's some tricks. And then you could also say when you come back next time, we can make that adjustment. How often does a client return for a lash lift? A refill, or what? What is it? What do you call it? Relift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, relift. That's exactly what it is. So generally, every six to eight weeks okay. is a good time frame. The lashes, a lot of lashes that were in their telogen phase, would have shedded over that period, and you do see also. When we're lifting lashes, uh, you guys would know about this. Obviously, you've got lashes in different growth phases all the time. Antigen phase, catagen, antelogen. So the lashes that are going through their antigen phase when you are lifting them, so such as the baby ones that are coming through, they will just have the tips of the lashes lifted on the shield. There's not really a way around that because, you know, they're all just growing at different times, as yeah. we know. So as those antigen lashes grow out after six weeks, you'll notice that the tips of those lashes are lifted, but the bases that have started growing out not be lifted. So that will cause the uneven effect, so to speak. Well, with lash extensions, we know they say, I'm, I'm looking a little straggly. I'm, I'm looking a little, a little a bare, yeah, a little bare. naked. What do they say? Mm -hmm. It looks like my lashes are uneven. What, what's the, the vernacular? Well, it can be a couple of things to consider there. Now, if it's just regrowth and, you know, the regrowth cycle and essentially the antigen, the tips of the antigen lashes were lifted, then we might want to relift those at that six-week mark just to kind of reset everything. But some people can suffer from dryness in the lashes if they're not using an aftercare program. So with most lash lift systems, essentially it's hair perming product. You know, it's a perming agent that you're using different form of it, but same principles, same science. And the bonds and the structure of the hair has changed and they tend to be in um, not the same solid state that that hair was before that chemical process. So having the aftercare treatments put on there can help give the lashes more body and styling. When you damage hair, you can't really fix it. And any hairdresser will tell you this, damaged hair stays damaged. We do have the Yolaplex system, for example, yeah. you know, different brands and things that come out that now avoid the damage during the chemical process. But when your hair is damaged, then it's damaged. And what you can do is you can apply uh, conditioning agents and hydrating agents and polymers, you know, products that have a coating to them, basically, that will help lashes sit in a, a nicer position and, and help them be more styled, I guess, through that process. So there's a lot of advantages that I've talked to students about with that. So to go back to your question, it can be a couple of things that will cause an uneven look 
to the lashes. And I guess essentially it is just lashes regrowing. Some have been lifted, some haven't. Maybe some have been processed a little longer in, in certain sections than they should have been. Maybe they were under-processed in certain sections. So all of those little elements could cause lashes to look a little bit more uneven at the six-week mark. Generally, we think it's safe to, well, with our system anyway, to be relifting lashes at around the six-week mark. And that has worked really well for many, many, many years. Now, whether the client could come in at six weeks, depending on their schedule, you know, they might come in at eight weeks, they might come in at 12 weeks, that's fine too. We would say don't come in earlier than, you know, the four-week mark too often. Is that because of you damaging the lashes? Is that the issue? Yeah, that's right. You would be exposing them, obviously, to that chemical more often than probably would be required. I mean, one, there's probably no need because the lift is generally still there, yeah. so there's no point. But if you were continually processing hair with that chemical, it is, uh, it's just physics and science that they, the hair bonds do weaken. So really letting the lashes regrow. We know new lashes are growing every you know, 60 to 90 days. We have all these new lashes coming through and they won't have had that chemical exposure to. See, that's the benefit. A lot of times we think of it just like hair on the top of our head and we think, oh, we shouldn't get it damaged, but we totally grow brand new ones, you know, so in, in, the, in the course of three months. So, so you don't really have to worry too much about damage, not in the same way that we would our hair. One of the things I wanted to address, because a lot of listeners who are hearing this right now are like going, wow, I really like having my clients every two, three weeks because I make more money. And now if I transition someone to lash lift, their fear is like, oh my gosh, six, eight weeks. But here's, I want to give it a different spin. And we've talked about this even with our technique with lashing and where Tussie's clients usually go four weeks. And that is, it's great when you have clients going further between appointments because you can get more people in, which creates more stability for your business. So if you can only, say, fit 40 clients in your schedule over two weeks and you see the same 40 over every two weeks, what happens if you lose one quarter of your clients because they move because a lot of people move every year or some people decide to change and all of a sudden you have to rebuild your business. But man, if you have like, six weeks of clients, and now you have like 120 clients in your books, losing 10 clients has less effect on you. So this is another great service. I mean, I was going to just, I was mentioned this earlier, but I actually know of a salon who's almost transitioned complete from lashes to lash lifts. Lash extensions. Or, you know, lash. lash extensions to lash lifting because their ideal client, it was just better for them. They just really liked the process. It was a younger clientele, so their lashes are really healthy and long. I mean, ours are mostly older, so they're, they're usually needing a little bit more work to get the lashes in there. But if you have a younger clientele, lash lifting really, I think, is a great extra thing to add on. And you never know. Maybe you might switch over. You might have a 50-50 where half your clients are now doing lifts. And if they're shorter appointments, too... You can get them more in, and thus you can hopefully make more per hour. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here. Can you talk about, I know you've got two systems, but like the average cost per service, like how much it costs to do the service, and then basically what it costs to do it, and then how much people can generally assume to make. I know there's a, a lot of That's variance. That's a wide range. Yeah, but just, just <laughs> can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, of course. No, I can give you a pretty good answer on that, actually. Even though we have two systems, the pricing is very similar with our product. And generally, it's around $5 per application wow. in product. Uh, it will depend on the disposables that you're mm -hmm. going to be using. So if you use a lot of tissue, if you use a lot of micro brushes, if you use a, a lot of Q-tips or cotton tips, you know, you're going to be using more. So you just have to get more savvy, really, with 
your application technique, make sure you're confident with that and you can save some money because that all adds up, as we know, using disposables and, you know, for the environment, all that sort of stuff as well. It's good to be across all of that and, and save yourself a little bit of money there. But approximately around $5, you can get two applications out of one of our sachets when you're doing lashes. So if you're savvy with that as well, that cuts you know the price down a little bit there too. You know, It's all about trying to conserve your product. And I talk to a lot of salon owners that have staff members or team members so if you've got a big salon it's important that you have a great system and procedure in place with your team there that you can do good training with them essentially Mm -hmm. and just make sure they're across how to use the products really well to you know when we're doing a set of lashes this is how much adhesive you need to use you know when you're doing your lotion placement try and make sure you're using this much here and tinting we do a lot with tinting as well so that's the same too i see students all the time just putting two, three centimetres worth of tint into a dish and they don't actually need to use all that because you only need half a centimetre of tint to do a set of brows or lashes and, you know, that adds up. When you've got 100 applications in a tube, uh, you could be looking at 40 to 50 applications as opposed to 100 or 120 applications. So all of these things really add up when you're a salon owner. So having a great plan in place with your team to ensure that they're just trained well and that they they have all their questions answered when it comes to using those products. And it's not that difficult, but surprisingly, some people struggle with that. Maybe you've got a high turnover of staff. You know, how often do you check in with your team to ensure that they're using the products efficiently so that it's economical for everyone there as well? But, you know, to go back to your question, around $5 per application if you're doing a lash lift alone, and many salons are charging $75 to $120 to $200. It really comes down to your clientele, how well you market yourself and how good your work is because we have some people that are really good at lash lifting and it is an art. It isn't easy all the time. There is definitely some tricks there to getting better results and the people that spend the time to master that and that have the right clientele for that do so well and they are able to charge quite well. So I know this lady, she's got this very amazing celebrity clientele and and literally they're paying $250 or whatever for a lash and she hires, you know, beautiful places. But she does tours around the place to look after these clients. So it's it's quite interesting, you know, but for people that might have a home salon, you know, they don't have as many expenses as running things, so they can keep their costs down. But one thing I would say, and I'm sure you guys are on board with this, we've heard it a million times, don't undersell yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is hard work. And you've got to think about your future, not just the day of treatments that you have in front of you and, okay, I'm covering my bills. You've got to think about your, we call it superannuation. What are you putting aside for the future? Do you have any savings? Because you've got to think about that because you can't do lashes forever. Uh, and pandemics you- hit once in a while too. <laughs> and everyone shuts down and then you have to live on <laughs> savings for a year and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. So it's very good to not undersell yourself and make sure that the, do charge accordingly. You don't have to be crazy, but you do need to think about your expenses. By the time you pay for your electricity, your you know, cost of product, the utilities, staff wages, you know, anything else that you, you'd have to do as a business owner, you've got to be bringing in at least $100 an hour, yeah. you know, at least in most cases yeah. to be covering those expenses and paying yourself something, you know, 
that's decent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things I want to jump on real quick is a lot of people don't realize, especially if you have a salon, salon waste is really one of those areas that you could really increase your profit margins when you really come up with systems and accountability. And I don't see a lot of lash salons training their staff. Like do it like we when we had our salon for you know, like 10 years, we actually shut down a whole day basically and trained our staff basically for six hours. We were in training every month. We were trained on different techniques, sales, product, all sorts of things. We mixed it up. And I think a lot of people really, if you have a team, you need to be doing that. And this is one of those areas where you would go through and create a system and then you test them on that system. Or how to save the little sachet afterwards so that it's still good. So you're not wasting or or the tint, you know, if it's powder or cream or whatever. There's no offense to employees, but employees generally don't care. Unless you t- and show them that they should care. And if you and if you explain to them, like, this company needs to be profitable. The more profitable the company is, the more money we can pay. And it all will yeah. benefit us in the long term if we cut, watch and, and all that. Otherwise, employees will cut corners. They'll say, it's not my product. I don't care. They'll throw it in the trash. They'll, you know, they, they're, not, they're not thinking big picture. So as an owner, it's part of your job to help bring that accountability and that training. And I would love to see more salons really making that time because I know it's hard. But, man train your staff is really one of your number one tasks as an owner to do. It's such an important point. And um, we all get so busy when we're running our business, you know, I think day to day just catches up with you. You're walking in the door and you're hitting the ground running and having that plan, you know, for the, for your team is really important, you know, being able to make sure that what can we do better in our business, not only from a profit standpoint, but from a communication standpoint, from just a general running this company better so everybody's loving it mm-hmm. standpoint. Yeah. And that kind of focus and plan really is so beneficial to business owners and the team members as well. Yeah. So and, let's it, a, and let's the team know you care. I mean, they, they won't care unless you care. So, so many times I see people hire people, they put them on the team and they just start working and they're like, how much time did you spend with them? How much did you support them, yeah. encourage them, and lift them up? And like, none, because I'm busy. Like, I'm in the room doing services all day. I don't have time to take care of my team. And it's like, well. Well, you can't expect them to, to yeah. succeed if you haven't yeah. invested it's in gonna them. It's going to be yeah. a hard win for them. It's going to be. So, anyway, we probably, I won't get to them. Do you have any more questions I just have this? two more yeah. technical questions. And then we'll get to Bowser, because we got to get to Bowser Yes, here. okay. So, the first question <laughs> is. What is one thing that the client will call back and say to the uh, technician? A common if, like complaint. A or? common complaint if the service hasn't been done well or if they're they got product in their eyes. So, uh, um, what's that? And the second one is your tints. Are they like henna or are they like a peroxide deposit uh, color? What kind of? So, if you could answer yeah. those. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the first question: uh, What do clients commonly come back? Uh, questions about one in particular might be the client that says the lift has changed or it has dropped. One eye might have dropped in curl a little bit in 24 hours. I think that, or maybe it's overcurled a little bit more as well. And um, the reasons this can happen is generally it's an application thing in the processing time. It is either the the lotions were left on a little bit too long and they may not have been rinsed off well enough. That can be something. Now, you do have various systems that say we don't use water. Uh, With Elibana, we use water to rinse the lashes. We do like a lash bath. And we've been doing this for 20 years 
it's worked fine. It doesn't drop the lift or anything like that. What it ensures is that all of the lotions are removed because what can happen is using these thick cream emulsions on the lashes and they tend to bind on the lashes really nicely and absorb, but they also sit right down the base of the lashes. And sometimes if you're using a cotton tip and it might just be a wet cotton tip, if you're not using enough water on there, this is with our system anyway, um, you can be wiping over the lashes and if you're not really looking right down underneath the client, underneath that lash line, you might be missing some of that removal. And then you brush through the lashes, you think you've got it all, but then the, the client kind of leaves and the lashes look good, but then they kind of keep processing a little bit after they've gone. So what that might mean is some of the baby lashes, uh, you know, the shorter ones that are right along that lash line get more exposure to that lotion, they might dry out a little more. So then they're going to look dry. And that can give an appearance of lashes being a little wiry looking mm -hmm. or a bit overcurled. So that's definitely something we talk about a lot in our training is just ensuring that we're removing the product well to, you know, get rid of that problem where clients might come back saying the lashes have changed after the service. Uh, you know, sure, sometimes people might be sensitive to a product. That happens with lash extensions. As we know, it is the, you know, situation that none of us want to be in, but it is a reality of beauty treatments. And it's not just lashes either, guys. It is skincare. You could use a skincare product and someone might have a reaction. You could have IPL laser hair removal and you could have a reaction you could use tattooing or something. People can have reactions to a lot of different things because they're individuals, their skin just may not be suitable to that chemical. That's why we do patch testing and things like that. We recommend all of that to try and avoid sensitivities. But a great way to really avoid sensitivities with lash lifting or tinting is ensuring you don't get the product on the skin. Mm. Now, I've seen this happen with students a lot. We're doing the service. I see it on Instagram a lot, you know, with people that share uh, pictures of lotion placement on the mm -hmm. lashes. And if you really zoom in and have a look at the base, you'll see that lotion Dripping. is coming down and actually touching the, the waterline. Yes. Yeah. That's a very sensitive area with hundreds of millions and thousands of blood vessels or, you know, you can't put anything on that mm -hmm. area that is going to be creating irritation. Mm -hmm. And these lotions have alkalizing agents in them, things that can be quite high on the pH scale, which just can tingle, you know, and it can cause a sensitivity if it's getting on the skin. If you don't get it on the skin, you're really going to reduce the chances of somebody having an unfavorable reaction. So taking that extra care um, helps avoid those problems. By the way, is there a percentage that you know where people have sensitivities? Is it like a number like, oh, yeah, 10% of people can be sensitive if you touch the skin. Is there anything like that or any research on that? Off the top of my head, it's a very small percentage, okay. to be honest, with our product. I think because most people that use it are educated in how to do it correctly. And as long as you apply it really, really carefully, you really reduce those chances. So it might be 1%, 2%. Okay. So very small. Very rare. When yeah. you think about the amount of people that are doing. So, you know, it's just taking care and making sure that you get that part right. That really helps in the long run. And the other question you asked was about tinting and... Uh, yeah, is it henna or is it like peroxide? Yeah. Yeah, so we actually have both. Oh. We've got two systems, yes. That's so we have the permanent hair colours, which is using the hydrogen peroxide, H2O2, and uh, we have that at a 2% oxidant 
which is in the EU guidelines now, and it's a lot nicer and more gentle to be using around the eye area. So that's what's recommended from cosmetic regulations around the world. And of course, when you're using the permanent color with the H2O2, you're getting the color depositing into the cortex of the hair. You know, you're having that chemical reaction happening in the melanin and making that hair color stay there for, we say, six weeks. Because generally that's when hair is starting to fall out as well. Lashes renew. Brow hairs take a little bit longer usually than lashes. But, um, you know, the color will start to fade over that period of time. You do need to leave it on long enough as well. So if you're using a permanent hair color, if you put it on for two minutes, you might get this result that looks quite good but it probably won't last as long because you do need to let it have its time to, to finish that chemical process. And, you know, so you might get varying results with that. With um, henna, that is more of a natural-based product, but all hennas around the world that are used for eyebrows, I'll say all because every single product I've seen, still does have chemical in there to make the service viable. So it will have a little bit of phenylenediamine in there or uh, diaminophenoxyethanol. It'll have various color additives or actives essentially that help to one, neutralize the warmth of the henna because henna does tend to throw orangey. A, a, that orangey warm kind of tone to it. And I like uh, Trump. also Right? Or Trump's orange. Yeah. He just penna all over his face. <laughs> but yeah, well, you know, yeah. in his case, he wouldn't need the color active. No. <laughs> That's also the color actives are important because they help to speed up the process a little bit as well and make it viable. With traditional henna that doesn't have uh, phenylenediamine in it, that can take a very long time for the stain to actually activate and last. You know, some people leave it on for six hours longer. Yeah, like, that's what I remember. Yeah, I remember people like would put the it on and you can't on touch hands. them for like all day. They'd be like, oh, no, don't touch yeah. this because I'm penetrating yeah. and it's got to soak into the. That's right. Now, think about the hair, uh, hair salon or beauty salon. We don't really have time to no. put henna on top of eyebrows for six hours. So we have to make it viable for the technician and the client as mm -hmm. well. And the system that we have is a good one. And you don't have that many people that react to these products. Yes, PPD is a well-known allergen around the world, but when it's used in the hands of professionals that know what they're doing, the reaction rate is extremely minimal. And it's, and it's so popular around the world. And tinting is a huge part of the economy in the beauty industry. It's a treatment that a lot of people feel they can afford and it's Quite beneficial it does give results straight away you get that instant gratification result so the client walks out the door and says yeah i've had something i've paid for something and i got something and that's quite important and it's quite uh, quick and easy to do so i know it's it's a little bit of a tricky one in the usa in some places it's a bit of a gray line yeah. and well in california uh, it's actually yeah. and you're not um yeah and you know there's there's all those things that usa has to consider well, good news, just so you know, I don't know if you know about this in California. They're right now trying to pass a law that will allow yes. tinting back. Well, um, we can for yeah. sure do henna, yeah. you know, in California. But there's issues. You can't right now do tinting, eyebrow or lash tinting. You can do lifts. But Unless you you're a cosmetologist. But they are looking to change that. They are actively having a law. They're fighting to pass through. That's going to open that door in California. Even though I know a lot of people still do it. I don't pay attention. <laughs> Sure, sure. No, I know Wendy Jacobs uh, quite well. She has 
contacting me. We've been in touch quite a bit about this and I'm also helping her with any supportive documentation that she needs about using these kinds of products. When it's being used in the hands of professionals, we did a similar campaign here in Australia, believe it or not, uh, probably 15 years ago, they were considering taking tinting away in Australia also. It was on the table of discussion with the Board of Health here and we worked with government doing a huge submission and collecting a lot of data to show people that this actually is huge for the economy in the beauty industry because people like the service, but when it's done in the hands of professionals, it's actually really safe. And uh, we managed to get that through and, you know, that's been fantastic for the tinting industry in Australia. And I feel this is where hopefully the USA is going to get to because all through Europe, everyone does it. It's huge because it's so good. You know, it's so beneficial. And it's a great add-on service too. I think a lot of people, one of the things that we need to be thinking about is when you do lashes, you want to find other things you can drop on so you can continue to build up that ticket. And so the idea is like, hey, you do lashes and do a tint. If you do a a, a browse, then do a tint too. You You don't just do one thing. You could package these things and bundle them and you can make more money because of that. Exactly. I think if you're a lash artist and you're very renowned for your work and you're booked out constantly because you're doing lashes, then you probably don't need to worry about incorporating the service unless you're wanting to expand your business Mm -hmm. and maybe get more team members in and increase your offerings. So there's that angle. But somebody that's sitting there looking at their books thinking, I really need to fill my books more. I need to do a little bit more than lash lifting, tinting, brow lamination. You know, these things, lashes and brows go hand in hand Brow shaping is incredible. It's so popular. It can be quite quick as mm-hmm. well doing that service. So you can, with lash and brow lamination, for example, you can combine these two in the same service. Yeah. So it takes you about an hour and you've done lashes and brows in the same service. So straight away, it, it, you're taking the same sort of amount of time anyway mm-hmm. that you would have for the lash lift. But the thing is, is you can put the lotion on the brows while you're putting it on the lashes. Yeah. So it's all happening at the same time. So you really maximizing your productivity there you're not spending any longer really and you double the charge <laughs> you're making money on both so that's a great idea yeah, and the client gets more benefit as mm-hmm. well yeah. you know? so there's a lot of benefits to it so let's get into the, the i think the most important part of our talk <laughs> it's like let's, let's talk about some rock and roll though no. but basically is it just a, it was really interesting i was just before we were meeting i was just going through your feed and just reading stuff and just trying to get you know this i already knew who you were but just reminding myself some stuff and then out blue out of nowhere i see gold coast music award nomination for this band called bowser for a song called supersonic and i was like First of that, is this a joke or is this like serious? And then I went online. I went on um, basically, was it Spotify? And I found Supersonic and I was like, it's a real thing. And then I found the music video and went, oh my gosh, it's really cool. So tell us a little bit about this uh, really unique side of you that no one knew about. At least, I mean, at least I didn't know. Maybe the whole last industry <laughs> knew and you've talked about this for years, but I did not know you were basically now you're a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wow. Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, that means a lot to me that you really like the music and um, music has been a huge part of my life. I've been involved. I've been a musician for as long as I've been in the beauty industry. That's cool. And um, over the years, I, I played, uh, I'm a bass player, but I was a session bass player. So I played in a lot of different bands. I did a lot of different recordings. And Bowser is just so much fun. We actually had a bit of 
you know, a bit of a wave happening at one stage. We kind of signed this deal with EMI um, publishing and then we started touring and we did a big festival here called The Big Day Out, okay. which is like we played with Tool, we played with Muse, wow. you know, um, all these bands that were on there. It was just incredible. We did some pretty cool things, but then the band had to stop. Unfortunately, as most bands do, we had a bit of a falling out with a couple of things. But then recently, I've just had a little bit more of an inkling, mm -hmm. I'll say, to yeah. just get back in there and uh, record some of the stuff. And actually on that album, some of those recordings, are, it's a bit of a journey over the you know a few years. And so we've collaborated on a few different recordings at different studios that we worked in. And uh, we put that one together and we're just really proud of it. It's, you know, like... I guess Foo Fighters, -y, Queens of the Stone Age, -y. it's rock. You it's know, rock, it's yeah. That's, which we need more rock, by the way. I'll just say that. <laughs> it seems like, you yeah, know, I I, top 40, yeah. hip hop, all that's great. But you know what? We need some rock bands. <laughs> rock, you know, it's refreshing to have that because, yeah, the, the music industry definitely has a lot of pop and a lot of uh, hip hop, which I love too. But, you know, it's great putting the windows down, your elbow on the side of the car, and you're just turning it up loud. Yeah. And, you know, having a, having a good listen to that sort of music. And it is my dream one day to be driving through the Californian desert listening <laughs> to that album. So I'm hoping that yes. happens not too far in the distant future. I hope but, so yeah. too. Drive by the Joshua Trees and do a homage to yeah. you too while you're listening to your music, rock and roll. Yeah. So exactly. Um, exactly. one of the things, Bowser, just I, I won't go, I know we're going a little long here, but I don't just indulge in myself here. Bowser, what's the name name from? What's the idea? Because my kids grew up as big Nintendo fans. I think Bowser, I just think of Bowser, the, the villain in the, the Mario world, but I'm assuming that's probably not what you guys are about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, our uh, guitarist and main singer, Brad Layton, dear friend of mine, he actually came up with the name and I think it was something, it wasn't anything to do with Nintendo. Okay. Yeah, it just happened to just be the name yeah um, i'm not exactly sure but I, every time i heard bowser when when he first came up with it i was kind of like is it is that like a, a dog you know like that <laughs> kind of reminds me of the name of like a big tough dog or yeah, something bruiser, and i thought yeah. you know what that kind of suits this music <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know it's it's round and tough and you know a little edgy so i don't really know it just kind just of kind sounded of stuck you know, it was just a good word. And I think there's a few other people that are sort of using the name of the years. But anyway, we decided we'd just keep rolling with it because we'd been doing it for a while. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, we, we really enjoy creating that music. And Supersonic was such a fun film clip to do. All yeah. animation. And uh, funny story, we did that one during the COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, guitarist Brad couldn't come in to do the clip. So it's oh. me guitar and bass, and we just threw robot heads on. That's why. <laughs> I was wondering, because two of you, you see faces, but the third one, you don't see any face, and that's because he couldn't get in the studio. Yeah, unfortunately, he couldn't. But I'll tell you what, the dude is an incredible songwriter. Um, he, I write some of the tunes as well, but he is the main songwriter on that album. and. I feel honored to be able to play with the guy. You know, we do get a lot of great feedback from a lot of musicians as well yeah. in the industry. A lot of people that, um, yeah, listen to it. We, we sent out a lot of um, blogs and, and things like that when the album went out and we just got great reviews from oh, so many blogging sites and places like that around the world. So, Well, you should. People should check it out. It is really good music. I mean, obviously, if you're... You're a hip hop guy. I get it. You know, maybe it's not your style, but it's a good, good old rock. I mean, for me, Supersonic, <clears throat> I felt like, which I don't think you probably were going for. I'm a big Beck fan. 
And I felt Supersonic actually had a lot of Beck in it. It felt like this is familiar to what Beck would do. Your other songs are a little bit more, like you said, Stones. Uh, um, I, I just messed up the name. The, the, you mentioned a couple of rock bands. I'm like, yep, that sounds like yeah. that band. I felt Supersonic was a little bit different, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more poppy for you guys, which is why yeah. maybe it, it's connected with a wider audience, possibly because it's not as classic yeah. rock and roll, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one is probably the more commercial kind of style. Yeah. But, you know, a big chorus. And I directed that film clip quite a bit. It was my concept to, oh. you know, I was like, how am I going to put this together? Because Brad can't get in because, you know, he's in lockdown. Um, so I worked with two friends that are animators um, and they're very, very talented. And we just came up with the concept that we'll have, you know, robots in the the verses mm -hmm. where it's a little bit more darker and a little bit more monotone. And then when we hit that chorus, it's so uplifting yeah. and kind of euphoric. I just want colors everywhere. I want it like grooves in the heart kind yeah. of thing. And if you watch the clip, you'll see what I mean by that. It just goes really like happy. And it's all about pattern interrupt. Like when you see that clip on the screen and you're scrolling through, you kind of go, hey, I've got to just look at that because there's just a lot of color happening. And I've always been a fan of that sort of stuff and Stone Temple Pilots and old school clips and things that, you know, used a bit of color, a little bit DIY, some of those <laughs> those clips. But we managed to come up with a really good product here because the guys are so talented that doing the animation yeah i know so it was, it was great I, I, the, I, when i saw the helmets i actually thought of daft punk for some reason i was like oh yeah it's kind of like daft punk but <laughs> with animation instead so it was kind of cool yeah. and now that i know the reason behind it what you know what's really cool about that is the applications we think sometimes when you think something's not going to work for you you get even more creative like you can't get all three of you to work together would the video no. been as good if all three of you were there in person you maybe not had the same ideas and it may not have worked out quite as well as it did so who knows right yeah, you know, Brad was really cool about it all. He was just like, you know what, you just do it. And he's one of those guys where he's very happy writing his music, doing his thing. He's not one of those I've got to be in the spotlight kind of people. So he's very happy just kind of playing his role, which is so important. You yeah. Know, of what we do but i luckily get to put my creative hat on when i'm doing those kinds of projects and yeah. uh, i do i do a lot more of that side with the band as well playing the music but i do a lot of the you know the the marketing and the putting art together. direction and stuff like that yeah Make, making that all come together yeah that's so cool i think it's really neat i think that what's cool also for, for those of you out doing lashing you know you can have your career and your business that you do but you know what you can still be creative and find other ways to mix it in and have some fun and i think you don't have to be just about one thing in life you can actually pursue your dreams and do other fun stuff so i think it's hopefully encouraging to our listeners that you know what you may be maybe you're doing lashing for 15 years and you think this is the rest of your life and you know what no it doesn't have to be you could out of nowhere become a rock star it's, <laughs> it's like <laughs> well that's it i mean you know if you've got a passion there and you want to get out there and be creative you have to do it it just you don't want to get to the end of your days and say oh, i just really didn't you know put my all into that project i really love doing that so you know sometimes it does just take that push to get you going but um it's it's a lot of fun creating music or doing art, you know, something that you can sit back. It's like a painting on the wall, I guess. You sort of sit back and you look at it and you go, yeah, I did that now. And now, now what am I going to do? Yeah, <laughs> now you have to do follow-up here and do all that. Well, I think we, we <laughs> joked earlier before we got, we're doing the pre-call, is, you know, hopefully we can get you guys to come and then we'll get LashCon. 
But uh, we'll oh, see. Yes, <laughs> open. Not this year, but I'm two years. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, yeah two years. You, you reach out to me after this year <laughs> or at the end of this year, and we'll talk. Because I uh, just said, in case people didn't know, I mean, I don't know if we mentioned this. Alibana is actually our diamond sponsor at LashCon. So we're super honored and excited to have them as one of our major sponsors. And we're hoping to have him come be able to speak, but he can't. So you'll have to, but we're still hoping to get at least via video in some way to get Otto to be virtually with us at the conference, which will be great. And otherwise, uh, it's just been a pleasure and a joy. In fact, we've gone way over, but I've enjoyed every moment of this with you. Thank you so much, Otto. Where can people find you online, both Alibana and you personally? Yeah, well, uh, com is the main website, but we do have a USA website mm-hmm. as well, so elibana.com uh, dash USA. But Instagram is kind of a great place to find us, so at elibana, which is E-double-L-E-B-A-N-A, and then Elibana USA too. We do have a lot of our distributors around the world that have Elibana Instagram profiles as well. So okay. you'll see that. Just but type in Elibana and stuff will start popping up. And you yeah, yeah, out. you'll see it. And uh, we do, you know, have a lot of inspiration. I have my own personal Instagram at Automitter. I am starting to do a little bit more there. I'm super busy in the lab or doing production, producing product, We're teaching. Social media more. You got two th- you got like two career paths all of a sudden that you're you have to handle here. It's uh, you have to become a clone or something. So <laughs> Yeah, well, and I'm also a dad and a loving husband. So oh, you know yeah. I've got two boys and you know, family is huge to me and Zoe, my wife, works in the company at Elibana. She's the general manager and oh, she cool. is just a power powerhouse. So good helps me with everything that we do and and we just have this incredible team around the world helping us we are truly truly blessed uh, anyone that uses elevana that's listening to this uh, thank you so much for supporting our brand and our products that means the world to us absolutely and, uh, we're excited to be on this journey and, and we've got some good things coming too yeah keep your eye on elevana over the year ahead yeah and by the way it's something we want to invite people and i haven't done this yet totally but one of the things that we would love to do with our podcast is give voices to all the brands when they do have a big announcement we thought about doing these like this short segments where people come on for five or ten minutes say hey we got this new thing we're doing just to get the word out almost to be like a news service so something to just invite to you personally in the future if you say i got a big announcement can i get on for and we just do a quick (laughs) little introduction like this and uh, so forth but uh otherwise thanks so much auto it's been awesome and uh thanks to all your staff i've been having the pleasure to know they've been wonderful it's just been great yes really nice to finally meet you yeah, thank you. An absolute pleasure to meet you guys finally as well. And I can't wait until it's in the flesh yes. soon. All right, guys, that's a wrap. That's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at The Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Imagineer, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Otto, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Bye.